Is Shane Wright still the consensus top overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft? Maybe not. Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting stops by to talk about the top five in the NHL draft, plus some names for Wild fans to keep an eye on as we draw closer to the NHL draft. All that and more today on Locked on Wilds. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. Friendly reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also available anytime you want to check out Locked On Wild. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we welcome back Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting to take a look at some moves at the top of the NHL draft. We'll also take a look at some other gems that Gabe has discovered in later rounds as we get closer to the 2022 NHL draft. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, the 10-year vet of various Minnesota sports and happy to be along with you on a Thursday edition of the show. We're joined by one of the regular staple guests of Locked on Wild. Once again, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting. We've talked a lot of trade this week with the trade deadline. Should the Wild trade this player, this player, this player? Now we're going to look a little further ahead to the NHL draft. Gabe, glad to have you back. What's happening? Not too much. Uh... Finally calmed down after after the World Juniors. It always takes about a month for the dust to settle, especially this year with the chaos of the tournament ending early and everything. So the season is in its lull. I'm relaxing. I'm sleeping. <laughs> uh, so I am, I'm feeling great. I'm ready to talk some wild prospects. Um, Minnesota Vikings season has ended, so that stress All is gone. Off the shoulders. Think Mike Zimmer's fired. I don't have to stay up at night having nightmares <laughs> about him anymore. Um, yeah, for <laughs> for fans that didn't know, and we won't uh, we won't get into it. Um, Gabe is a Vikings fan, like myself. So uh, we spent we spent the better part of this entire season on a journey through the seven and nine mess so eight and nine eight and nine they added the game and so uh yeah hopefully some better times ahead for the minnesota vikings but um i wanted to start by giving you a nice little tip of the cap because uh there was some news at the top of the nhl draft board that the maybe consensus number one overall pick shane wright might not be there anymore. I say this because nationally that is starting to pick up some steam. We, though, were talking about this last year. So congratulations for uh, for leading the pack in that regard. What's going on with Shane Wright? Yeah, I appreciate the congrats. Uh, leave it to Gabe Foley to be the one to... Uh, drape pessimism over the OHL 
I think that's my my best trait. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll say it right out of the gates. This is not something I've made public yet. Um, and it's looking like it will be made official here shortly with my next ranking update. Um, Shane Wright's not my number one anymore. He's the number two prospect in my rankings right now. And it's because Shane Wright, quite frankly, has not really done a thing to warrant that number one spot this season. And speaking with scouts around the OHL, coaches, assistant coaches, you know, families, really anyone I can get in contact with, um, it has. there's a, a shared sentiment that it looks like he took the summer off or um, maybe, I don't know, trained in the wrong way or something. He is slower with his play, slower with his decision-making, looks a lot more nervous than he ever has before, which it's so strange to cast the word nervous onto a player that a few years ago was lauded as a generational talent. But really, Shane Wright has plays where he throws the puck blindly behind him and turns it over or gets pressured and whips the puck into open ice only for it to get turned over. Um, He's not attacking the danger areas of the ice like you'd expect him to. He's not developing and growing this season like you'd expect a number one overall pick, um, especially a locked-in number one overall pick, too. And so I'll say this much. That's still an ex- an incredibly, extremely sensitive topic. Um, the Shane Wright truthers are very much Shane Wright truthers now. <laughs> I think his struggles have only... Um, empowered them more and so it's a touchy field in the prospect world to talk about Shane Wright in any capacity uh, much less talking down on him but frankly you look at how he's played you look at the numbers you look at um, the detailed in-depth advanced stats Shane Wright's not what he should be now whether that's because he had a bad summer didn't train the way he should maybe he's out of shape something like that Maybe he gets back to it. And if he does, he's an elite scorer who a lot of scouts are comparing to Steven Stamkos um, stylistically. And, you know, I'd love to have a Steven Stamkos on my team. But, yeah, Shane Wright, we talked about it a bit ago. Um, There there was cause for concern with him um, dipping a little bit. And, unfortunately, he hasn't climbed out of that hole yet. So, as it stands, um, my – about mid-season, a little over mid-season rankings, have Shane Wright at number two. Um, he, of course, has all the opportunity in the world to earn that number one spot back. But I think there's a common consensus among uh, public scouts and private scouts. Um, I've heard some crazy things from some OHL scouts and NHL scouts that I cannot share here. Um, but you think I'm being pessimistic about it, about him. Some of them are, are crazy. Whoa. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a common thinking that the number one pick is, is up in the air now. And Shane Wright no longer has a, the chokehold on it that he did even a year ago. Wow. Well, um, obviously that means that there uh, is going to be a little bit of a shift in how the rest of the top five, even the top 10 look. And so 
We'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit um, and, and look at some of the ripple effects from uh, Shane Wright dropping in your rankings to number two and just see how the rest of the puzzle pieces are kind of fitting together. Uh, we are just breaking the surface on our discussion today with Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting. More to come. Coming up next here on Locked on Wild. BetOnline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up. And if you do today, you receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is make sure you use the promo code locked on to get things started. Everything from the NFL playoffs to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, they have everything you could possibly want all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. And again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. First, not I accidentally held up two fingers there. But we are uh, continuing our chat with uh, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting. And uh, obviously, Gabe, with the fact that Shane Wright is no longer the uh, number one spot, I'm assuming that means that there is a little bit more of a... Uh, roster jumble uh, throughout uh, the top five, top ten. Has there been any big movers and shakers amongst, or has the rest of the uh, the top of the board kind of stayed relatively the same? Well, it's so hard now. With Shane Wright <laughs> not that bona fide number one anymore, you look at all the other names there, and it's like, well, who who deserves it? And so it's coming down to a stylistic thing. A lot of people who, who and I, I will again just emphasize because it's such a touchy subject. Right is two for me. Um, it's a dicey decision. It's a dicey decision for law scouts, and it's still in the minority. Um, but he has all the room to move back up. So my fellow scouts friends, um, don't don't come at me. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's coming down to a stylistic choice. So. Uh, another player we talked about at the beginning of the season was Shimon Nemetz, who I said earlier in the year looked like the most NHL-ready player in this class. Um, he has since played for Slovakia at the World Juniors for the extent that that tournament existed, and he made the Slovakian Olympic team, um, one of only two draft-eligible players on that team. I'll take it one step further than I did earlier in the year. Shimon Nemetz is not just the most NHL-ready player in this class. I think he's the most NHL-ready player since 2016 when we had Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine. Now, that does not mean Shimon Nemetz is the next star defenseman. It just means that he's going to be in the NHL next year. He's going to make an immediate impact. Wow. There's absolutely no denying it. He's killing it in Slovakia in their men's league, which is a notoriously low-scoring league, but he's found a way to uh, to be productive, to be strong. 
But Shimon Nemetz is number three for me. So we're working backwards a ways because number one is Logan Cooley, who I'm very mad is number one. <laughs> <laughs> because so as, as those of you who follow me know, Logan Cooley plays for the NTDP and the NTDP is my pride and joy is a league that I've been very or a, a program that I've been very close with in a league that I've been very close with the USHL. Um, even going back to, you know, my own playing career and stuff and, you know, working with the USHL and uh, all that jazz. Um, but last season, about middle of last season, I was watching the U17 US national team development program. And I noticed this kid was just absolutely standing out. He looked like a stud. And I, I watched him over and over and over. I didn't say a thing about him. Because I wanted to be the scout that come this time was super high on him and, you know, shocked the world by unveiling him. But unfortunately, Logan Cooley has continued to absolutely crush it. And he's taken away that opportunity from me. I, you know, it, you can't be the, the one holding the secret when the secret just decides to emerge itself. Yep. So I'll say this about Logan Cooley. Um Hockey as a sport going through um, at 17, 18, 19, there's a rhythm to it, um, especially with the U.S. National Team Development Program. It is a well-known rhythm of playing well in your U17 year, playing all right to start your U18 year, but dipping a little bit because you're playing tougher competition. You're playing internationally. You're potentially playing at the World Juniors like Logan Cooley did. He was the only um only draft eligible player to get considerable minutes um the third string goalie was also draft eligible but he was the third string goalie um but you're you know you you hit a rut and it's in that rut that a lot of us ntdp players learn a lot about themselves and become what they become a great example of a player who really hit that rut hard and improved for the better is trevor zegris who he'll tell you himself the struggles that he faced um, during his time with the program. Um, and there are, there are a bunch of other factors there, the, the whole conversation about Seagrass alone. But my point is there's a dance to this development. Logan Cooley's transan transcended the dance. He said, I'm not doing that. I don't need to do that. I'm just going to be the best player I can be every single shift, every single game. And he's doing exactly that. There's been hardly any concerns with Logan Cooley's fast-paced, incredible playmaking style throughout this season. Even in the World Juniors, he was dynamic on the power play and at even strength in setting up opponent or teammates that are considerably older than him against opponents that are considerably older than him. Um, it's incredible. And uh, I'll, I'll take it to the level of the only other players that transcend this dance are players like Jack Hughes, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane. And now I, I'm not going to say that Logan Cooley is on their level because what they did in their draft year was historic. Um, Logan Cooley hasn't dominated that much, but he's developing in the same way as them. He's developing 
into what could look like a star playmaking center uh, at the NHL level. And so for that reason, Logan Cooley has taken over my number one spot. Um, just his ability to constantly dominate plays incredibly fun to watch. It, it really is. Um, and yeah, so for that reason, Cooley's number one. Then we go to the, the rest of the top five and that's a crap shoot. Um, <laughs> it really is, you know, scouts choice at that point. Um, Joachim Kamel is a fixture in many top fives. We had mentioned him earlier in the season. Um, he's like a better David Perron where he needs a good system to really set up his successes. But if you give him the system and give him a playbook to follow, he's going to make you really happy. Great goal scoring talent. And he hasn't found the points as consistently as he did earlier in the year. But he's still taking, you know, 100 shots a night. I mean, you know, that's an exaggeration, but at least five or six shots a night in the Liga, which is one of the toughest leagues in the world to play in. Um, And then at five, I have Brad Lambert, who we talked about a lot earlier in the year, both on this platform and personally. Um, He was recently traded to the Pelicans in the Liga. And with that move, has taken on a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more of a role. And um, just looks like he's back. You know, he, he's transcended that dance, though he mentioned. He went through his lull and he's back now and looks better. Um, and so Brad Lambert's at five for me, but it really is four and five or scout's choice. You know, just name a player and you could probably defend him there. Um, is a hectic top five, but one that should be rife with, with high-end talent when all is said and done. You blew my mind with the transcend the dance comments. That's like, that's like a Bob Ross level, like word paints. Um, well, well done. Like that just was, you know, you hear that and it just like Bravo. So that's the, uh, that's the top five. We're going to finish today with, and I haven't decided which one we're going to go with yet. This is patent pending. Either Gabe's Gems or Foley's Finds. Some uh, some late round names. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll let uh, we'll let Gabe decide which one we go with. But uh, we'll finish today's episode by looking at some guys that Gabe has uncovered uh, through his uh, draft research that would be good fits for teams later in the draft. We'll finish our conversation with Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting next here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. And again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting. Gabe's gems, Foley's finds. Which one are we going with first off? Whew, that's tough. <laughs> you know, I, I am all for Foley's finds. I think it's got a little bit more of a ring to it, but I say, I say we open it up to the locked on wild world. Where are we feeling? Where are the fans feeling? Foley's finds, Gabe's gems. You got better ideas? We'll uh, we'll put it up to a poll in uh, on Twitter which one we should go with as we uh, get closer to the draft. But um, obviously, Gabe, you continue to you know do profiles on players and just scout and look at film and 
all these things. So I'm sure you get some new names for us here today of players that you have uncovered that um, may not necessarily be, you know, the top half of the first rounds, even first round in general, but some guys that could make a massive impact if drafted. So throw us a couple of names of players that have really impressed you in your latest round of, uh, of a draft deep dive. You know, I'm, I'm looking through my list. Of course, I have uh, a list of hundreds of players here. I'm scrolling through and picking out the names that I think will be best. Um, but we'll kick it off with two guys that I know that the Wild are interested in. And I'll give you a couple of fun names. There we go. And we'll end it with a, uh, a, with a plug because I am shameless. Um, <laughs> but um, starting off with um, two guys I know the Wild are interested in. Um, both left-handed defensemen. Let's go. Both left-handed. Um, I'll bet that real quick. <laughs> oh, no, one of them's a righty. One of them's a righty. <laughs> but both defensemen. Um, I think that is going to be a focal point for Judd Brackett in the wild this year. Um, one of them is out of the WHL. His name is, I have to remember it because it, it doesn't seem like a real name, John Babcock. Um, that that sounds like, you know, John Doe, Jane Doe. I, <laughs> yeah. but, John Hancock. There we go. That's it's, what you're thinking. Yeah. He, it is his real name. It's a player that I um, was put on by a peer of mine and I think is just stylistically such a fit for the Minnesota Wild because he's very reminiscent of Jonas Brodeen. That style of starting play in your own end. We're not rushing to play offense. Why do we need to rush to play offense? The best offense is a good defense. So we're talking poise, a calm nature to his game where he can start plays from his own end, shutting down the opponent, gathering possession, and then processing, you know, what do we do now? It, it's a very mature style, very reminiscent of Brodeen, and um, a style that hasn't led to a ton of points. Babcock only has nine points in 25 WHL games, which of course isn't jump off the page worthy, but like I said, it's because he starts play from his own end so much. And so I um, I think stylistically he's such a fit for the Wild and um, certainly a name I am going to be hyper-focused on as the draft comes around because he's going to be one of the biggest sleepers of the class. Ooh. Now we're talking about, we'll change the, the scope from one of the biggest sleepers to one of the biggest risers re- recently, which is Sam Rincell, who is currently playing for Chaska High School um, but had previously played a few games in the USHL, um, played at the Holinka Gretzky Cup this summer. Uh, Rincel is a player that I've been on for a long time. Um, going back to you know his USHL draft, speaking with USHL, USHL scouts about him, um, they put me on early, and I've been on his hype train ever since. Um, following a similar path, to uh, another wild prospect um, in starting in the USHL, playing a few games, going back to high school. And I'd say in doing that, he's followed 
not only a similar career path, but a nearly identical development path to Jack Pert, who, of course, we all know is tremendous. And I love Jack Pert. That's going to be one of the best picks uh, by the Wild in a long time. Um, but yeah, Rincel currently playing high school, developing nicely. He's very, he's a he's a large defenseman, um, standing at six three, and one eighty pounds. Um, so he's a big kid, but he's mobile. He's quick. Loves playing got an aggressive, high tempo game. Um, lacks a little bit of the poise of a player like Jack Pert, but makes up for it just with a, a smooth mobility and a, a diligent awareness of his size and how he can use it. Um, I will say Sam Rincell is getting a lot of love as a second round pick recently with some rumors saying he could be as high as in the 40s, Ooh. which is pretty, pretty high for a player who a month ago had zero following behind him. <laughs> um, it's been incredible, his rise, and I don't think he's quite worth that yet. But he's definitely worth some sort of second-round pick. Sure. Um, definitely worth good attention. And another player, I mean, you know, we talk about Jack Pert. We all knew Jack Pert was on the Wilds' radar the second he went back to high school. Um, that definitely was an indicator for them. Sam Rincell, same thing. Talented defenseman who's using high school to mature a bit. He's going to be on the Wilds' radar. And um, he's a player to be excited about if the Wild do end up shooting their shot with him. So that those are the two players that I think um, will fall onto the Wilds' radar in some capacity. Sure. Then we have two other high school forwards that I think the Wild should pick up. Um, the first because of raw talent and the second because of the story behind him. So the first is Joey Muldowney, who is a name that I guarantee no scout outside of the Midwest has heard of. I mean, is an incredibly, incredibly under the radar name. But he's a player that is performing tremendously in high school so far. Um, I've been kind of digging throughout the course of this podcast to try and find his updated numbers um, because, you know, it's always hard to keep track stats accurate in high school. Yeah. Uh, the numbers that I had most recently had him scoring 44 goals and 74 points in 38 games with uh, Nichols schools, Nichols school um, this year. So that's 44 goals and 74 points in 38 games. Now I will say he's not playing the toughest competition in the world. This is a kid who manages amazing numbers on the back of just, I am going to beat you however I can beat you, hockey. He's fast, fast, fast. He has hands like a whiz. Um, And he, like I said, I mean, he's just going to beat you. It's inevitable. You can't slow the kid down. Hockey and the NHL draft are taking a shift towards riskier picks in the later rounds. We saw this very clearly last year with Brody Lamb and Kyle Kukinen, uh, picked in the fourth and the sixth round, respectively. Two high school standouts who got flyers taken on them and have already started paying off. Kyle Kukinen, sixth round pick especially, has been tremendous with the mass and capitals of the USHL. And that's a style, that's a drafting 
philosophy that I really am starting to live by. I, I think it's going to hold up strong. You know, shoot your shot, send out a flyer on a kid. Because if it pays off, it's going to pay off dividends. Um, and Joey Muldowney is the kid this year. He is going to fall to the sixth round, the seventh round. Um, but he's a kid that you want to shoot your shot with because he's performed so well at a lower level. He's a UConn commit, great school, great hockey school, um, University of Connecticut. And he's a kid that you can get into a better system, a better development program, and just let loose. And if he pays off, we're talking about a kid with top line NHL upside, seriously. You know, there, there's a world where he never plays a professional hockey game. There's a world where he's a star. It's wow. crazy. So Joey Muldowney, certainly a name I'm going to focus on, a name that not a lot of people have heard of. And then another name that not a lot of people are focusing on, but a lot have heard of, Zam Plant, mm. um, who, and I, I need to, I there's so much to say about Sam Plant and the Plant family. I have to pull it all up to make sure I'm getting all of the information right. Um, <laughs> Cause it is probably the biggest uh, hockey dynasty family in Minnesota right now. His dad is Derek Plant, who formerly the assistant coach at UMD. Uh, then he was the development coach for the Chicago Blackhawks. Now he's back to being the, an associate head coach at UMD. Um, I'm pretty sure Plant's grandpa is a hockey legend. Um, his younger brother is looking like a star player. I, Like I said, this is the dynasty hockey family in Minnesota right now. And so it's only fitting that the kid ends up with the Minnesota Wild, right? You know, start by playing for Hermantown and leading them to new heights as their captain. Then move on to UMD, where Zamplant's going to get top-line minutes. I'm sure wear a letter. You know, his dad's the coach. That's a, a pretty good indicator. Um, and then move to the Minnesota Wild and tear it up with the Wild. It's a uh, it's a, a movie story, almost, and how this kid's developing through Minnesota hockey. Um, Plot's had his up and downs this year. He struggled to really get it going with the Chicago Steel earlier in the year but now has 20 points in 12 games with Hermantown since returning to, to high school. He's a dangerous passer, uh, a kid that's strong in some areas, but really his strength is that he's good enough to develop into something better in those areas. So the passing is focal point, the focal point of his game, um, his skating has potential. His shot has potential. Um, He's another kid that's going to fall to the the fourth, the fifth, the sixth round. But I don't know. I there, there are going to be fans listening to this podcast even who can tell you more about the Plant family and what they mean to Minnesota hockey more than I can because there's just so much to remember um, with that family. It's, it's truly endearing in a way. And so I think it's only fitting to embrace the romanticism of it all and for the wild to pick Sam Plant, I mean, just dive headfirst into uh, into the Minnesota family. Yeah, absolutely. Like you just you take the the Moneyball quote that uh, that Brad Pitt, as Billy Bean said, and you just tweak it a little bit to hockey. How can you not be romantic about hockey when you've got stories like that? Like lock it in, 
Get those movie rights. Lock it in. Let's do it. Exactly. And then we will close out my Foley's Find column. I like it. It's got good a ring. Um, with David, Davis Burnside, who is a top-line winger for the Des Moines Buccaneers. Des Moines? Des Moines. Des Moines. I said Des Moines. I didn't say the S. <laughs> Iowa, don't attack me. I, I, you guys don't like me already. So, Oh, my goodness. Um, they'll, Iowa will come at you for that. You got to be careful with people from Iowa. Um, but Davis Burnside, a top-line winger for the Buccaneers and the USHL, not a good team. Not a good team. Um, they're among the bottom of the standings. They found ways to fight and claw their way to wins. They found ways to get some nice transfers, but at the end of the day, this isn't a team you're jumping out of your seat for. And despite that, Davis Burnside has managed a really nice season as just an absolute goon. He's exhausting to watch because he's always just going 110%. It doesn't matter if it's the first shift or the last shift of the game. He's going to be in the face of the opponent's shutting down their ability to move the puck at all and turning those breakups into solid scoring chances for his team. This is a player who I argued in a recent article is one of the most projectable players in the draft class this year. He has one of the safest floors because at the end of the day, it's so easy to envision him as a pro because of what he does on the defensive side of the puck his ability to break up plays, his ability to get in the face of opponents and harass them until they're too exhausted to keep playing the shift and then turning that into you know, his team uh, dummying the other team for a, a minute. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's high energy. He's a player that should be in the top 100, but he won't be. He'll fall into, in the draft and um, he'll be a great steal for some team out there. Let's hope it's the wild uh, for the sake of your guys' prospect pool. The kid, you know, I, I, the wild, it's so fitting to talk about because we have players like Brandon Duham. Is that Duham, Duham. Right? Duham. Duham. Ah, I should know that too. He played, uh, he played American hockey. But Brandon Duham, uh, Connor Dewar, you know, guys that play hockey to play hockey. They don't care if they're dead by the end of the night. They're there to give it their all. <laughs> Right. Um, Davis Burnside, same energy. He's a good kid, good family, great work ethic. Um, I could go on and on about Davis Burnside, but luckily for you guys, you don't have to listen to me drab about him because I did a incredibly in-depth, nearly 2,500 word breakdown of Davis Burnside for recruit scouting recently. You can find that um, at recruitscouting.com. That's all one word, recruitscouting.com, um, or on my Twitter, at NHL Foley. That's at NHL F-O-L-E-Y. Incredibly in-depth breakdown of Davis Burnside, what makes him such a special prospect, and what makes him really unique in his ability to combine defense with offense and how he could go from not only a kid with a safe floor, but a kid that could really impact the top six of an NHL team one day. Um, yeah, the the comparison to War and uh, Duhame 
is there. The comparison to Joel Erickson Eck, who started out as a defensive center. You know, none of us thought he would reach the levels of offense that he has. And, you know, started out there um, and is really rapidly developed. Those comparisons are there. And so Davis Burnside, an incredibly exciting player, a good kid, a good family, has a great support network around him and a kid that's well-deserving of, of mentioning towards the end of this this column here. Wow, that is uh, that is a professional f- plug, my friends. That is uh, that is how that is done, and we will of course uh, link that to uh, the shares of this episode of Lockdown Wild. So make sure to check it out, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll zero in on that name. Foley's finds, Gabe's gems, either are uh, I think absolute gold. So we'll uh, we'll continue to uh, to dig our way to a lot of mining puns all of a sudden. Like we'll. Uh, <laughs> We'll continue to dig our way towards the uh, the 2022 NHL draft, and we'll find some gems along the way. But um, panning the 2022 <laughs> draft, digging our way through the class to find the gems. I was going to uh, I was going to also throw in. Um, we'll have to just wait and see how things pan out. <laughs> hey, we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> uh, too good. Well, uh, Gabe, thank you as always for the time. And uh, fans of uh, any sort of draft coverage, you are in good hands with recruit scouting. So make sure to check out, there we go, uh, Gabe's work at NHL Foley. Yeah, it, it reverses on screen. It's annoying, so it's, it's hard for me to find where to point. But at NHL Foley, and uh, we'll have Gabe on several more times before we get to the, uh, the NHL draft. But that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Wild. So now that your first listen is done, you can check out our other episode uh, airing today on the Lockdown Wild channel. Should we trade Matt Dumba or Kevin Fiala? So uh, make sure to check that out as well. Uh, You can find Lockdown Wild anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're available for free anytime you want to listen, any place you want to listen as well. Make sure to check out our social media channels. Also, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, keeping you up to date with all things Minnesota Wild so that when your favorite team makes notable moves or news, you are covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.